Hey, listeners, there's a new podcast in town. It's called Boozy Blatherings. I know you're going to love it. It's a drunken vocabulary lesson. Learning while drinking, what could be better than that? It's hosted by the very entertaining Megan Mitlow. Look for it and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a taste of it now. Hi, I'm Megan. I know about four words and three of them are curses. Welcome to my new podcast, Boozy Blatherings. It's the perfect combination of drunk history and Merriam-Webster's word of the day. I'll be your host at this cocktail party where every week we'll have a new guest, we'll learn a new word, and we're going to have a lot of cocktails. So pour yourself a drink and get cozy because we're going to have fun. Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. Nigel, thank you for being here on our podcast. We miss you so much. Thank you so well, much for having me. I miss I miss Columbus. I still refer to it as home. It's been almost four years, but every time I say home, I'm, I'm talking about Columbus, Ohio. So thank you, thank you for this chance. My my bar just opened up, so we had to do we had a second shutdown, and then they were not allowing any indoor dining, um, or at least without food. So my place was shut down until this weekend. So a lot of people were excited to see us again. So we were pretty busy. So how long has your bar been closed since last year? Okay, so um. I worked at a place called Abigee. It was a rooftop bar in River North. It was like the downtown Chicago area. That is going to be closed indefinitely. So they closed down in March when we had the initial shop. Um, I actually transferred over with the same company to more of their whiskey library called the Berkshire Room. Uh, so um, I think they opened at the end of July, but then we had to close mid-October for the second shutdown. And they said that was going to be about two weeks. And so here it is four months later that we just opened up. So Wow. Hmm. That's crazy. So I bet everybody was super excited to get back to their bar. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, it, it took me a moment to get acclimated because we were pretty busy like right when we opened. And so I had to remind myself like where my mise en place was, where we keep these bottles. And again, I'm still the newer guy at this particular bar. And so I just, ha- I don't have the muscle memory yet. So uh, it was good, good practice, but I was you know, kind of struggling a little bit. I can't go blindly grab these bottles like I would at the bar I was most familiar with. I'm like going through our cheaters and I'm like, oh, that's it right there. (laughs) And what part of town is that your new bar in? Uh, So this is River North as well. It's actually just a couple of blocks away from uh, the previous bar that I was at, but it's a completely different vibe. So I was working at the the rooftop like night lounge area, which we have the DJ there. We have the patio bar, the indoor bar. And it was just almost like a I don't, it's not, it's just under saying it's a club, but we were like three deep. So it's like me, like making drinks and going, what can I get for you? What can I get for you? You know, like that. And now this is like a slower pace. It's more for like, um, like a date night you get there before or after your drinks or after your dinners. And it's really cool. It's a little laid back. So it's a different vibe. The music is definitely more chill. So more of a lounge than a club. Yes, exactly. Got it. So it's fun. It's, I think I'm a little bit well, you know, versed. So this is this is good for me as well. So I can hang. So I'm thinking back to when um, when you were bartending here at M, and um, you told us that you were going to be moving. And I feel like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I feel like that what what really was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back for you to move away was that you visited Chicago and you saw all of the spirits that they get, they get that we don't have here. 
And so you wanted to expand your knowledge. Is that right? And, and has that, how has that worked out? That is a fantastic memory that you have there. That's completely correct. So um, yeah, I did uh, the Quantro um, competition and I won the one in Columbus and it brought me to the finals in Chicago. And then I went to this bar, uh, I believe it was called Johnny's. Um, it was like a breakfast spot, but they also had like a mezcaria attached to them. So when I went there, their entire back bar were just different mezcal spirits. And so with, the, you know, in Ohio, we're a controlled state. I, I can't, I couldn't name more than five mezcal uh, or agave spirits that we had there. And so for me to actually go to a bar and their entire back bar was just focused on that. Like it blew my mind. Cause at that time I was bartending for 10 years. Um, but this was like a whole new world. I felt like Alice in Wonderland. Like I saw stuff I didn't even know existed. So I was like, I have to, <laughs> you know, learn more about this. And so, yeah, I moved out here. Uh, yeah. And I got exposed to a, a lot of different spirits. <laughs> yeah, I did. And, um, it's, it's been great. It's been, uh, it's, it's definitely opened up my mind to a lot of new stuff. Um, but I still have the heart to the most basic stuff too. You know, those are different niches here and there. And I like to know a little bit about everything except everything about one thing. And I think I'm successful out here so far. Well, I've been, we've been following you on, on Instagram and you've really sure. done a lot since you moved to Chicago. Yeah. Um, tell us about all of the different, um, I don't know, what do you call it? Certifications, um, educational stuff. Yeah. And you started at the aviary. So that's a great place to start. Yeah. Uh, especially outside coming in. So again, when I came for the, the Quantro competition to Chicago, um, it was one of those competitions where you had a booth and everyone could come to you and try out your items and whatnot. And, um, I just met a lot of people there. I uh, had a great time and I came home and then a lady that I met, she said, Hey, I actually work for the aviary. And I was curious if you were interested in joining the team. And so me knowing what I knew about the aviary, I was like, that's a place like I didn't feel like I would ever apply. But for you to come to me, I'm like, okay. I was like, give me a couple of months. Let me like sell myself and I'll come out there. <laughs> um, and it was a great experience. It was, um, it's very different than what I was used to. And I knew that going in. So it's not a bar that you go and you're front facing with your guests, interacting, making cocktails based off of their palates. Everything is already kind of done. It's very efficient for the high volume that we do. We kind of like batch our cocktails prior to opening and then we have different stations so if you're familiar with like um what things look like in the kitchen where you have your your, your sous chef you know your dessert station like that it very much mimics that and so like my station will be responsible for making like the same four cocktails that's off that menu same with the other stations beside me so it was just really cool to see how that worked um so i, I spent a, a year there and i had a great time i learned a lot of stuff and it was very much uh working with chefs and understanding flavors which I, was a great takeaway for me but ultimately, like I miss uh, being personable with the guests. And so I found a position where I could go back to like, just, you know, sit at my bar, tell me what you like, tell me what's going on and we can have a conversation. And I like building that relationship. Um, yeah. So the bar that I worked at after, after the aviary was called Apogee. Um, so they were known to be like, they made really cool craft cocktails about a high volume spot. Again, it was more of the, the club vibe, but it was a really cool laid back experience. And especially with the views, you can see the city. So it was like one of the top rooftop bars in the city, which um, was really cool for me to like, just meet everyone that was in around. 
Um, other than that, like I said, I worked at the Berkshire room. So I'm going to brag a little bit because a lot of bartenders, like they switch jobs like every six months. So I'm coming up on my fourth year here and I'm only at my third position and I'm at my third <laughs> one because I was forced to leave the second one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, so my Instagram name is uh, Nigel of all trades because I like the mimic saying I'm the jack of all trades. Um, so, you know, working at M, you know, our wine list, uh, that was very, very new and foreign to me. So I came, I started bartending at uh, cheeseburger in paradise and um we had a red wine a white wine and we had like a blend it wasn't even a rosé it was just some random thing and i think it was just called colored wine or something like that uh, so <laughs> knowing the difference of you know the cabs uh that you know from oregon california from around the world i didn't know how to speak to my guests about that so i forced myself to go into my sommelier and i you know just learned what i felt like i needed to learn to be a good server be a good bartender at that position Unfortunately, I, so I did my intro and that was it. I felt like I didn't need to know more than that. Um, and if you take your intro, it actually expires after three years if you don't continue the program. And it was right when the program or my certification expired that I was like yearning to go back to wine and like learn more about it. So that might be in the works later on this year. But I've also studied beer. I did the whiskey steward. Uh, I was inversed with a lot of uh, gins and other spirits too. So I like to know a little bit about everything because I want to be able to talk a little bit about everything when I'm meeting someone new at my bar. So I don't really have my, my major focus. I know I have a lot of friends who are like really into the rum and that's their thing. But for me, I just want to, you know, be around it all. Do you have a favorite? Do I have a favorite? You know, it depends on the time of the year and the day. Right now, I'm going to say whiskey. It's been around my life a lot lately. Um, I've, I'm still loving my classic old-fashioned using Knob Creek Rye. You know, nothing really special with that. Um, but, yeah, I if I had to choose right off the bat, it's going to be whiskey. Second will probably be, like, a nice aged rum. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I think it's kind of seasonal for us, too. Mm, this yeah. is this is the whiskey time of year. And I'm drinking a Vic Carey right now. Oh, yeah. I got I made myself a, a Black Manhattan twist. So. Nice. nice. Yeah, so this is uh, Michter's Rye, but I use a little bit of spaghetti, like uh, the coffee liqueur, a hint of banane, some curry bitters, because I still like when I create cocktails, I like the whole like sweet with heat. So like curry bitters goes against that banana. And then a little okay. bit of uh, Fernet Mintha is in here. Nice. And, uh, Sounds I'm, delicious. Yeah, I'm trying to create. So this is for like a cocktail competition that I'm doing. And um, I've never worked in the kitchen, you know, but I learned that I can make like a sugar cage with a ladle. So you just like make your own uh, caramel and yeah. then like just drizzle it over the ladle and then it takes that shape. And I'm going to like kind of design it so it's a garnish in my uh, my glass and it's going to come with like a little mallet and like you crack it before you start drinking it. So that's oh. fun. Yeah. The drink Sweet. is called like foster your dreams is what I'm calling it. So it's just like, you know, break the glass ceiling <laughs> and, you know, go outside the box. So that was I like it. Cheers. 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 Yeah. But 2020, it's been a year, um, especially for the hospitality industry and I, I felt kind of guilty saying that it's actually been a great year for me. It just, I acclimated very quickly. I didn't know what was going on because when we first closed, they were saying like two weeks to a month max. And then, you know, on and off, it's been like eight months. I'm just going to say it's been a year for me without work. But that being said, it kind of like forced me to grow professionally because I had goals that I wanted to do in like three years and five years that I kind of already had started. So me working in the bars, especially in Chicago, are uh, nightlife is a little bit longer than back in Columbus. So we have 
2 a.m. bars, 4 a.m. bars. And then on Friday or Saturdays, we get an extra hour. So you can be closed at like 5 a.m. And a lot of us aren't getting home until like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm. I, I don't really want to do that anymore. You know, I'm getting tired. <laughs> my body is like, it's feeling it. I, I was double shaking uh, about a year ago and I could feel it in my elbows. And I was like, ah, so <laughs> I, I know that, you know, this is not a renewable resource. So I have to take care of myself. And so I was thinking, what can I do to stay in this industry, but have a different lifestyle that's more sustainable, especially because eventually I want to be a family guy. Um, so I wanted to start teaching classes. And so that was my goal. I wanted to teach culinary class or bartending classes at culinary, uh, like kitchens, at, like Italy or like Wool and Sonoma. And uh, I've been doing that over quarantine. So I've oh, nice. actually been working with brands and just like, you know, uh, someone will be like, hey, uh, so and so brand is doing a national hot toddy day. Would you mind hosting that event? And I'm doing that and I'm teaching consumers you know, about the history of spirits and cocktails. And it's been great. And then by myself, I've just been reaching out to consumers and hosting happy hours and teaching them how to make really cool cocktails with like the most basic stuff which is fun for me because I get to work with like premium spirits working at the aviary. I can understand like these rare ingredients that you can get from this tea or this, this website or whatever. But really I like teaching classes to just like the plain Jane and saying, Hey, you can get these ingredients at your gas station or like Walgreens. And I'm going to show you how to make a great cocktail with whatever you have in your fridge. And it's great. I mean, um, I've also consult for a juice company called twisted alchemy. And so they sold, uh, cold press juices to bars and clubs and whatnot that aren't open. So they ended up starting to sell it to consumers at home. And as an upsell, like, or a package, like I can teach you how to make cocktails with stuff that you have at home. And so they're really into like going into your cupboard and grabbing like different spices and herbs and making syrups with that. And like going in your fridge and grabbing like your jams and shaking with that. So it's nothing spectacular, but you can still make a really great balanced cocktail with, you know, your, easy accessible ingredients so that is so fun and interesting so obviously chicago is a it's a larger city larger than columbus um Mm -hmm. it's it's a large market as opposed to columbus um so other than that what has been the biggest difference between being a bartender in columbus and being a bartender in chicago That is a good question. Um, let's see who's listening to this. Is this Columbus or <laughs> Chicago? Because I got to say, which way to cater to Columbus. Uh, I don't uh, know. We're, we're all over the world. All over I the world. know. I know. I just, um, I, I, I still miss Columbus. I, I don't want to say that I'm homesick, but there are a lot of things about Columbus that I took for granted that I didn't get when I moved to Chicago. Um, I, I miss the camaraderie that we have in Chicago. I feel, or in Columbus, excuse me. I feel like in Chicago, we're a close-knit group. Um, but from my experience, and I'm saying this to whoever's listening, uh, a lot of my acquaintances or my friends were mostly drinking buddies. Uh, we're, it's, I'm not saying it's superficial. I can't find the word to replace that. But I, I miss that the, the friendships that I, I catered and cultured to in Columbus because I don't really feel like I'm getting that in Chicago. Like, we're really uh, professionals. Um, we do our work and we go out and we go and drink, but like, if there's like a day where I don't feel like drinking or whatever, like, I don't know who to call and say, Hey, do you want to go and do something that's not booze related or booze focused? Um, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, so what uh, I hear you, what I hear you saying is that the, the customers are, are much better in Columbus like us 
<laughs> as opposed yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, just, just. yeah no, so for me, you don't have to cater to us. Come on. Tell us no, no, no. Uh, Chicago is just, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hustling. And I just feel like a lot of things that I'm doing is just completely professional or just industry related. And like, it's kind of hard for me to take a, a woosah from that and do something that's again, not industry related. Like I would love to hang out with people. Maybe we can have a beer and drink a drink, but I, I don't want to talk specs. I don't want to hear about like, how do you make your daiquiris or what do you think about this article and this book compared to this book? Like I, I don't want to take you need a break. Everybody needs a reprieve. Yeah. 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 Um, I will say, um, Kudos to Columbus, because again, I came to Chicago because it's uh, one, it's close, but also it's a bigger market. We have more access to different spirits that I didn't get there. But I will say, I think that Columbus, Ohio in general, can make fantastic things with what you have there. It's not like you need to have this rare stuff or the stuff that's not available in your city, uh, because I have seen places, I have seen menus where they make cocktails that have 15 to 20 ingredients in their drink and you can't taste any of that. It is all muddled. It's nothing. And I really feel like I'm putting a drop of this in here just to say it's on the menu, just to look cool. <laughs> it doesn't change the flavor of the cocktail from the most of the stuff that I had in my experience. But I think that if you gave the same stuff, the same package to a Columbus bartender and the same package to a, a Chicago bartender, I'm going to say the Columbus bartender is going to do more with what they have because I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm well, that, that is something that I think we've introduced almost every single one of our craft cocktail tours with that sentiment. It's something that we noticed having traveled a, what little we have, but having traveled that the people in Columbus, the bartenders in Columbus, learn how to create under restraints that they don't have in New York or Chicago or Vegas or LA. So, well, and you know, not, I, we visited the aviary when you weren't there um, and we loved it. It was amazing, an amazing experience, but it's, it's a destination place. It's not a place that you want to go or that I would want to go like every night. Um, it's not a neighborhood bar. It's a different experience. Yeah. And, uh, we always felt like people, the bartenders in Columbus exercise a lot of restraint when they're, uh, when they're creating their cocktails. And there's a lot to be said for that, because like you said, ingredients get lost if you have too many of them. And it's I not agree. necessarily uh, making the cocktail any better. It's just adding ingredients to it. Yeah, sometimes it's just the ego that's there and it's, it's too much for me. <laughs> so um, I will say that we have a new uh, superintendent of liquor control here who actually likes alcohol. So we've seen a big difference in uh, what we can get here in, in Columbus. Have you given any thought to coming back? I have. Um, I'm still. I'm playing around with it uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, I actually haven't really been back since I moved here. Um, I did come back in September for a brief moment because I had all my stuff in the storage unit this entire time. But I was like, I gotta stop paying for that. Let me bring it up here. Uh, but I spent about a week out there, and um, yeah, I, I definitely. If even if I don't move back, I need to go back more often than I have. Um, 
I know the quarantine times, it made it difficult because I couldn't really go out and see the people that I wanted to see. But like, you know, family wise, uh, my brother needs a little kick in the butt. He needs a little bit of guidance. My grandparents are getting older and I, I want to spend some more time with them. Um, I, I thought about coming back, but I think that if I do, it would still be temporarily. I, I feel like I'm a nomad at heart and I want to go and see these different cities and stuff. But I, I would mm. love to come back for a little bit at least. Well, as you should, you're young, so you should, yeah. you should explore. Um, do, to your knowledge, do they have a cocktail tour in uh, Chicago? They do. Um, I forgot the name. I think it's Chicago walking tour. They do, uh, they do like cocktails or like the historical uh, things and like the architecture is really big here. Um, I actually just did a program with them. They're doing their virtual like history tours. And uh, so what they would do is like for the first 15 minutes, they would have a bartender, like just talk about a cocktail or a technique that you would use before they actually went to the, you know, the focus of the topic. But uh, yeah, that's, that's something they do. I haven't done it myself outside of the virtual thing that I did just a couple of weeks ago, but I, I want to do that myself. I've actually not been a tourist in the city yet. So there's a lot of things that you would probably expect from me to have done that I can say I have not done yet. <laughs> have you had a sidecar at the uh, signature room in the Hancock Center? No. I didn't oh. know that was a thing to do. My God, That's where they yeah. were invented. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's where it was invented. I think, it's, I it's think their... well, they claim it. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know. So uh, Hancock Center, or it's not even the Hancock Center anymore, is it? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. The old Sears Tower, right? No, 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 no. Hancock Center. That's a Willis um, Tower now. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, not that. Um, but anyway, the signature room, the signature bar, um, the sidecar is their signature cocktail, and they have an amazing space that's like floor to ceiling windows and you're on the 85th floor or something it's higher than that. I feel like, um, wow. it's where I had my 40th, uh, birthday party. It was amazing. The best part is the women's restroom. They have a window that looks out over Chicago. It's the most amazing view ever. Um, you oh. can't go in there. You'll never see that, but, um, <laughs> But it, it's amazing. No, you have to go there. I mean, okay, I didn't know school. that was a thing. I, yeah. I will have to do that. So it's the weird thing school. about this is that when I moved to Chicago, I just started traveling a lot. Like uh, there was a point where I was probably out of town one to two weeks every month doing some type of program. Um, it was it wasn't for leisure. I would say it was like me going to Mexico to like hang out with Latron and like learn about this stuff and doing Portland cocktail week or tales. Um, and so Chicago is very expensive. <laughs> and so I, I, I have to find an opportunity to make money when I'm here. And then it just like, after I do that, I go out for a week. So that's why I really haven't been able to like, you know, breathe and go see some stuff. I know Christina Basham came to Chicago about two years ago and we went to a couple of places that, you know, a tourist would want to see that I actually had not seen. So I find that I'm able to do these things when I have friends visit me because they want to go see this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I've been here for three years and I haven't seen the bean yet, you know? And so doing things like that is like really cool and refreshing. But it was just hard for me to do because it's like anytime I had off, I was like out of town. And then when I was back, I just had to work, you know? But um, I, I told myself last year, I was like 2020, because I might be going to a different city 
soon, maybe in another year or so. But I, so I was like, I really want to spend my time in Chicago. So I was like, 2020 is the year for me to like just be a tourist in my city and go see the stuff. And then COVID happened and then shut down everything and I couldn't do anything anyway. So I well, might stay a little bit longer, but I don't know. I got my eyes on like Boston and Austin and Portland and, you know, I just want to see different markets and see what's going on, what's trending out there and take it to whatever I'm doing. Because I think ultimately I'm going to be a consultant and I want to be able to understand what's going on in the world. That's awesome. Nice. Good for you. So fun uh, to be young. Yeah. So have you been to the, uh, what's the, was it the velvet or what was the, the violet hour? Violet, Violet hour, hour. Yes. Yeah. yes. That's amazing. Oh, I have. Yeah, it's a really cool spot. I, I, It's very close to where I live, and I walk by it a thousand times because it's actually hidden behind a mural. Yeah. Um, right. But, right. Uh, yeah, I had a great time there. So I'm so active with our chapter in the USBG, so we've done some okay. events there. Um, you know, when they weren't letting people inside, I was able to do a couple of, like, uh, takeout cocktails or, like, dine on their patio out there for a moment. Uh, it's a really cool spot. It's, I'm really impressed with the menu. There's actually a couple of places that uh, don't look like they can make great classic cocktails. And they actually are very, very good at them. It's just a lot of their clients just want like beers and shots. And I understand that. But like, there's a really cool place that I used to go to in uh, West Loop called the Money Gun. And um, it was like, if I, you know, got off at the aviary, walk over there for like last call. And again, they have, uh, they have some cool whiskeys and they have a lot of beer. But uh, I saw they have like this list of like cocktails and they had like, it wasn't like just an old fashioned Manhattan. They had some weird stuff or some stuff I don't see all the time, like maybe a jungle bird or like a Hemingway daiquiri. And I was like, hmm, I wouldn't expect you to make that here. And I like ordered it and I was like, okay, you guys actually know what you're doing. And I, was, <laughs> I, that, so. I like fun. places like that, you know. So um, if, if we, if you come back to Columbus for a visit, mm-hmm. um, could we do like a, could we rent a space and have like a Nigel Van a cocktail night where you just bartend and to all your old regulars who miss you so much? I would love that. Uh, I would love to see and connect with familiar faces and friends. And I also kind of want to showcase a little bit of uh, growth that I've had over the years, you know? So um, I don't know if you know this, but the jury room that was I don't know if it was Blind Lady Tavern when you left. Yeah, was it, it? Okay. just became the jury room, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's an event space that you can rent. So that oh. would be so cool if, you know, we could plan a date. You could come in town and... We can do a Nigel pop-up. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? That would be amazing. And I would probably be holding back a couple of tears in my eyes a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, a quick story about how I got into Bart's. I worked at Polaris Mall into retail. I think I was at Sears or Hollister, one of those. And my coworker was a, a server at uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise. And, you know, working in retail, you get your check every two weeks. Well, he was working part time at this restaurant on the weekend. And then he was like, I just made what we made in two weeks over the weekend. And I was like, jealous. And then he was able to give me a job there. And I was 19 at the time. Um, and you know, I'm just serving cheeseburgers and I'm like introducing myself as your Islander wearing my cargo shorts and my, <laughs> my pink polo. And, um, I'm looking at the bartenders and they seem like to be like the cool kids in like the high school or whatever, you know? Um, and so like, as soon as I turned 21, they were like, Hey, we need a bartender. Are you interested? And I was like, hell yeah. Um, and I started bartending. I think it was literally on my, my 21st birthday and, uh, it was great. I got to learn, um, 
like 20 different mojitos. Like our mojito uh, category was uh, crazy. It was like different rums. And we, we had Mona and syrup that we would pump in there, maybe a little bit of fruity rum or whatever. Uh, but I got to work on my speed. I got to learn, you know, my rums and my tequilas that they offered there at the moment. Um, and then I just remember like, a lot of beer was getting poured because like we were bragging that our beer was like at 33 degrees or something. Um, and so I was doing this a lot and it was cool for a while, but then I was like, I was getting bored because it's like, I'm not learning anything. I'm just pulling a lever. Um, and so I think that's actually when I reached out to Chris because uh, Chris uh, Delavi was just always mentioned in like the local magazines, um, you know, about the, the cocktail culture and she was doing some cool things. So I literally was just like, I just reached out on Facebook and I was like, you're doing a lot of cool things that I would like to do. I was like, can you recommend a website, a book or any resource that I can do to like just learn more? And uh, so she introduced me to the USVG, but um Beyond that, she was like, you know what? Uh, I'm doing this competition uh, this day. Why don't you come and see me? And then, like, we met, we had lunch, and she's been my mentor. And she's, uh, you know, she's consulting, helping different bars over around the city. And I was kind of like her unofficial opening team. So that's when we worked at like Pie's Pizzeria, like out in Reynoldsburg, um, a prohibition that was um, in Powell. I got to learn my uh, classic cocktails up there. And then ultimately, I came to work at M for a little bit. And that's when I said I was a little bit shy because it was too many wines. And I was like, what? You have, you have more than three cabs, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh, with the USBG, like for me, I think I'm the kind of person that's so whatever I do, I'd like to put my all into it. So like, you know, I, I worked in like, like in retail and I did a lot of stuff with acting and like tried to do some stuff with film. And I like put all my energy into it. So like when I started bartending, this was really just a way for me to make money. And I thought it was a cool skill to have because in case I get discovered and are like, we need you to move to New York or Hollywood. I was like, I can do that. And I have a skill where I can make money. <laughs> um, and I just remember my parents were like, that's cool. And then they were also like, you know, what's your next step? You're going to go back to school. You're going to get like that real job. And I was like, no, I was like, bartending is amazing because no matter what the economy is, I'm going to have money. I was like, if it's bad, people are going to come out and drink the stars away. If it's good, they're going to come out and celebrate. I had no idea about a pandemic where they can just like no bar whatsoever. Uh, So this year was an eye opener. But, um, but anyway, I just fell in love with bartending and it it became a skill that I just wanted to be good at if I was doing it. And then it just became like a passion of mine. And I just really put my entire self in it and it's been paying off. Um, I think, the moment when I realized that like, I, I made it was when I had opportunities coming to me. I wasn't seeking out positions here and there. It was like, hey, do you want to work at the aviary? Or like when Chris invited me to join the staff at M, I was like, oh, you guys see something in me. And then in Chicago, it's just, it's just been really cool um, because of the stuff that I was able to do to make it through quarantine. I'm having these brands reach out to me to host their classes and teach their events. And um you know, and now I'm having non-liquor brands reach out to me to collaborate. And I like, I, I'm going on my Instagram and I'm checking my DMs and it's, it's a job opportunity. And it's just like, it just really validates that I've been doing something right. And I love it. Well, you have, and, and you're, you're obviously very good at what you do and you're such a sweetheart. Like who doesn't love <laughs> Nigel Mann? I love all of your posts. I don't go on social media that much, but when I do, I see you and I love what you're doing. I love following you. It's so much fun. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sometimes I post some stuff and I'm like, ah, this is embarrassing or it's funny or maybe it's awful a little bit, but that's, that's who I am. I like to combine all of my interests in the way, like I love music. I love art. I love acting. And so like, Ideally, if I could find a way to collaborate all of that energy into like something really cool, 
that would be what I could do in for life. Um, so, for example, I got invited to uh, this Makers Mark event last week. Um, they sent me the bio of like four local celebrities. You had an actor, comedian, singer, a poet, and uh, they wanted me to create some drinks just based off of a few lines off their, uh, you know, their career. And uh, I did that and it was really cool. I got to make these drinks up and then offer these drinks. It was like a film event too. And I didn't know, but I gave them the drink and I was like, I put this in here because it represents this part of you and you know, you're doing this. And so I felt like it had to be showcased like this. And uh, I was just really nervous because again, this is off of your bio. And I'm like, what if I put something with coconut in it? And they're like, I can't have coconut. Like I'm allergic. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is embarrassing, but, but uh, <laughs> no, it was just a really cool thing. Cause I got to like use my expertise in cocktail making and combine it with, you know, music and acting and all this other stuff that I'm into and just like voila and so like if I could do that like I said I would be just a happy guy for the rest of my life that's so fun so how what inspires you what what inspires you to create cocktails do you start with a uh with a flavor or a name or what is it uh that's a good question I I get inspired by a little bit of everything like uh so I did the, the a maker's mark competition last year um and I was just thinking of that song, like, we don't have to take our clothes off. And what I did is I'm a, a punny guy. So I was like, oh, I'm going to swap out clothes for with clove. And so I was <laughs> like, hmm. And so I made this cocktail that was, uh, it had garlic in it, you know, garlic. And uh, I put a little bit of cheddar and some chocolate bitters in there. So I was like, it was for restaurant week. And so I really wanted to do something that was like food focused and something like rare and, you know, adventurous. But it started off with the, just the name. Like I just, you know, I had to have a pun in that name. But for the most part, like when I'm making cocktails, um, I think it's because where I'm at now, the Berkshire Room, we're known for dealer's choices. And that's when you just come in and say, I want, you know, this particular spirit, this flavor profile. And I even get to choose the glassware. So I'm like, I want a Nick and Nora or on the rocks and a coupe. And uh, what I do is I usually build my cocktails around the spirit. Um, and so there are a lot of bartenders out there who actually, when they're building their cocktails, whether they know what they're building or not, they start with their modifiers and they end building it with their spirit. I, I can't follow that rule. I have tried so many times because uh, they're like, you know, in case you mess up, like you're not yeah. wasting the expensive stuff. I'm like, or you can just know what you're doing and not mess <laughs> up. But because I taste as I go, I always use the spirit first because that's what I want to showcase. So I want to make sure that I'm not adding too many things and there that's hiding the agave notes that's in your mezcal or tequila or like if it's if i'm using this particular rye for a reason i want you to be able to taste those factors in your cocktail so i think that adding it last you you just again muddied your your, your cocktail in my opinion that's not well the and there, there are some of the modifiers like carpano antica and chartreuse that are much more expensive than the base spirits yes <laughs> so yeah so i i can get inspired by just about anything um I, I even have a book where like, if I want to do a cocktail series, like I have, like, I want to make these cocktails based off of Zodiac signs. And so that's what I do or like colors. Um, I know like for pride week, it's like, you know, I want to do my red, you know, my orange and all the way down for that. Uh, but yeah, anything and everything I can get inspired before I even think that I was inspired because I just saw or heard something, but I like to make it fun, make it light. And cause I want to take the ego out and no pretentiousness around here, in my opinion. I love that. That's awesome. Love that. We miss you so much. 
but we love to, to watch your growth and everything that you're doing. Yeah. Um, but we definitely want to bring you back here for a very <laughs> special, um, and we, you know, us, we'll cover all your expenses, mm-hmm. put you up and promote it and all do all the things. I think that would be amazing. Once, once we open back up, which I think we're getting to that point now. Yeah. I can't keep track of like, I, I don't know if Chicago is just a little bit more harsh than the, re- the rest of the world, but like there are cities that are like, I feel like they never even shut down or hat regulations. And I think that then you just lift your curfew. So now your bars are open yeah. until two now. Curfew yeah. just lifted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I can get out there. Uh, but I, I would love to, I would just love to be home again, you know, for a brief period of time. And by brief, I mean, I'll probably end up being out there for like three weeks and not tell anybody, but that's a, <laughs> I, I love to see you. Um, and also I want to thank you. Uh, Cause you guys did sponsor me when I went to tails for the first time. And that was a, a definitely a highlight in my, my career because, you know, by doing it, something like that, it definitely opens up the doors. Uh, it's one of those things where like, you can just say you're, you, you capped and it, everyone seems to be impressed by that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. yeah, it's just weird. I get opportunities just because of, you know, that in my background or there's people who just reach out to me because I'm in Chicago when that's, that's why it's kind of hard for me to leave uh, just for those opportunities, but I'm trying to gain them myself and build my sure. own brand. So you could be like, no matter where I go, you would need me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you were definitely an impact on something that was very impactful to me. And so I know I thanked you before, but I have to continue to do so. Well, I- we appreciate that. And we tried to continue on with that, but then COVID hit. So yeah. our big thing was, um, so we started a cocktail convention here in Columbus. It was the first cocktail convention in the state of Ohio. We did it. Um, September of 2019. Yeah. Um, it was so amazing. We had, it was like a miniature Tales of the Cocktail, um, but it culminated in a bartender chef competition where you know, in our world, the cocktail is always the star of the show. So the bartender made a cocktail and then the chef, they had a chef with them that created an amuse-bouche to pair with their cocktail. So we had three sets of bartenders and chefs um, in this competition. It was just so much fun. Like our studio audience got to taste the amuse-bouche and the cocktail along with the judges. So it was just super fun. Um, and we hope to do that again. We're we're gonna start we're, planning we're the hoping 2021. It'll this year. Um yeah. so we're we're trying to do more things to uh to highlight the amazing work that you guys do and and the amount of work that goes into creating your cocktails. I think that's what's lost in Columbus that probably isn't lost in Chicago, is that um, you know, in Columbus, they don't I feel like the the majority of the customers don't understand the amount of work and thought that goes into a cocktail. And so like, I hope, and I've said this a hundred times on this podcast, I hope that this COVID is a reset for Columbus to raise their prices on cocktails and that people understand that oh, there's a lot of work that goes into this shit. There's a, some amazing ingredients and- um, A lot of thought and time and effort. Yeah, and, and, and they're all professionals who are, who are creating these amazing cocktails. So we need to 
pay $15 for a cocktail, you know, like that just should be something yeah. that we just get used to. Yeah. Um, that would be amazing. Uh, you said a lot of things that just made me think of some other things too. So I was gonna say, if there's any new bartenders that are listening to this podcast right now, one thing that I think that will help you a lot is if you were able to spend some time to work with the chef and actually understand flavors, um, so, you know, like I said, I worked at, you know, a restaurant as a server, and then I got my way into being a bartender, because I know there's a lot of people who want to start off as bartenders right away, and I think that's very, very difficult, unless you're very, very pretty, because some people are just like, that's how they get their job right away, but for me, it's a spot that you have to earn, but I learned the most um, when I actually worked at M with the late Jeff Robolt, because he was a, a French-trained chef, and yeah. he taught me about flavor combinations, and he introduced me to a lot of terminology. And as I see um, that a lot of cocktail trends are starting to mimic the stuff that you would find in the kitchen, we're using a, a lot of the same tools. And so that helps me, especially when I'm creating cocktails for competitions and to get that, uh, get that edge, I'm trying to like think about, you know, not only make a great cocktail, but like, what would this pair with with food or how would this complement, you know, a three course meal if that's what I'm doing. So if you had a chance, if you ever get a chance to work with a chef and just go back and forth on flavors, like you can have a cocktail and let's say you're trying to create something. I can give it to my friends and my friends are going to be like, Oh, that's great. That's amazing. That's great. That I, I love it. Um, but that's because they're my friends. I'm looking for someone who actually understands and has a trained palate that goes, you know, you should think about uh, adding a little bit of like herbaceous notes to this or like play around with some salinity because that's really going to brighten up and hide some of that sugar and stuff like that. That feedback is what I need to grow. Being told that it's great, it's good. I mean, you can't go anywhere from there. That's a plateau. Yeah. Um, so working with someone who understands flavors is something that is invaluable in your resources. That's um, great advice. Yeah, but... Um, yeah. So uh, what I'm trying to do, I'm switching the subject really quick, is, uh, again, I, I'm trying to be a mentor to my community because I remember where I was and there were so many questions that I wanted to ask that I was embarrassed to. Um, to be honest, I was embarrassed to say that I worked in uh, a bar in a mall, you know, and didn't feel like I was good enough with anyone who was working in Short North or German Village. You know, I felt like that was a, a click that I could not get into. Um, and, and so I know what that's like. And so I'm looking for people around me who may feel like they're in that position. Like I know people who are like, I, I'm not a good bartender because I work at a Chili's or I work at a Olive Garden or something like that. And I will tell you, me with that background for about five years, I learned some of the best stuff that I still use today in my professional and my personal life because that teaches you structure. Like I've worked with uh, like craft bars that are just one off and like they don't have the background it's like a learn as you go thing and it gets chaotic and like we don't know what's what we would would do if such and such happened or this emergency happened or whatever but like working at a chain in a corporation like we we have our plan a to z and so like that's something that you can take away from that so like I like to consider myself like this giant puzzle piece and like whatever I do I'm not ashamed that it happened to me because it's helped me get to where I am today and it's going to help me to get where I am going tomorrow and uh, so, again, like I said, I'm not going to retire from being behind the bar, but I want to switch gears and I want to, you know, mentor new bartenders. I want to teach a lot of people at home who can't go out and have great cocktails. I want to teach them how to make good cocktails with what they have at home and what they can easily get down the street. And so, like, I, I want to do it in a, a fun way, a friendly way, take that ego out because I just I don't like pretentious bartenders. I don't like bartenders who make drinks for bartenders and like. 
I remember uh, I sat, I'm not gonna say the bar, but I sat down at a bar and someone was like, um, I'll take this drink that has uh, like Chinar. And they were like, uh, it's Chinar. They're like, you don't know what Chinar is and blah, blah, blah. And I said this to a guest and I'm like, how are you supposed to, I like, it's hospitality, <laughs> you know? And that's, yeah. that's the joke that we say, we're like, that's your mixologist. And like, your bartender is the homebody that's here for you. And I'm like, you know, you can order a drink, you can say a, a Vu Carry. And, uh, you know, I will not embarrass you, but I'll say, you know, here's your Vucare and I'll give you a couple of facts about it. So you understand what you're drinking. And I'm like, it's popular drink in New Orleans. And, blah, blah, blah. and so it's not a way for me to correct you, but it is a way for me to like, you know, lightly say, yeah, this is you know, what it is and you know what you're drinking. And, um, and I like that. And honestly, I think that's why I'm able to build the, uh, I don't want to say fan base, but the relationships that I've had over the years with my guests and, you know, turning a stranger into a regular uh, turning a regular into a potential friend to where we can do things like this. Like that right, for right. me is worth it. I don't really care to be the best bartender in the city and the world or whatever and say that I work here and here and here. Like I, I want to build this. And yeah. I, you know, yeah. So I, I think that's why you're so successful clearly because you're such a beautiful person and you love your craft you work hard for it, but you're, you're a good guy at the end of the day. You're just, yeah. a, you're just a good kid. Oh. Well, We're so proud of you. <laughs> we are, you. we are in the big city. Look at you <laughs> in the big city. Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. And I, my heart warms up every time I hear Columbus pop up and anything like I know your chapter of the USVG is just doing amazing things. Like I work with it in Chicago. I've done some stuff with it nationally. And when I hear how good uh, Columbus's USVG chapter is going, when I hear the, the cool things that Jillian's doing and Christina Basham has done, Chris is doing, like I still have pride. I'm still rooting for my home team. And it's just amazing. And I just, especially when I'm in bigger markets and it gets recognized, so like I'm doing something in like New York and they're like, no, have you heard about, um, well, it's not open anymore, but Curio. Is Curio open or it's not? No. No. Close. But when I hear about like really cool popular bars in Chicago that other people are bragging about, I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah. I think that you guys are starting to get the notoriety that I, um, that you deserve. You know, I can't say we anymore. I'm no longer there, but it's really cool to see you get the recognition and to see that people are getting the respect that they deserve. And I don't you, think that Columbus, Ohio is something that you should just overlook because it's a small market. You can always say we, Nigel, you're one of us. <laughs> you can't run from that. No matter how hard you try to get away, you're still one of us. Um, no, but I think you're right. I think that people are going to recognize Columbus as a force in the um, cocktail scene because we have the best bartenders here. Sometimes they may be late away like you did, but um, yeah. we have amazing bartenders here. Yeah, that's, awesome. yeah. And, and that's very, also very, very bittersweet, uh, you know, to see all the, the cool bartenders move away and do the things like Alex Chien was one of them. Uh, um, we love him so but, much. Uh, I know. I was like, I think that we all should just come back for a little bit and do like a little, you know, pop-up. Yes. Nigel and... and uh, Alex, <laughs> wouldn't that be fun? I don't even know where he is now. I'll have to, I'll have to find that kid. Yeah. I think he's I like think, a big time uh, rep or something now, right? With yeah, I think uh, he's looking Bombay. for a party. I think with Bombay. Okay. If he's listening to this, I'm sorry if I'm saying anything wrong, but uh, <laughs> I just, I just no. I, when I left, I wanted to see the world, but I also, you know, wanted to come back and share what I've learned, and you know, 
give back to what gave me. So <laughs> maybe awesome. we can, we'll plan it out. We'll do something really cool. Yes, yes, we should. And we should plan it sooner rather than later. I would love to plan it like right when we open back up, but I know you're okay. going to be busy then too. So we've got to, we really oh, have to yeah. be You'll take priority. I, I gotta go back. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta go back awesome. to Columbus when this is open. So that's awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna Plus, sell this is out. The virtual world. This is the virtual world now. So all I need is a laptop, a phone, a camera, a little <laughs> bit of light, and uh, I can do whatever I'm doing wherever that's I am. Right. So. <laughs> very, very true. But take you look amazing. Thank you. Uh, I I just kind of not reinvented, but it just really worked with myself in 2020. That's what I spent my time Good. on. It just was Good. get my body right. And, uh, you know, read a couple of books, worked on uh, what I can do to start my own business with educating and consulting. And I'm ready for the things that 2021 is going to bring me. So Awesome. Well, let us know how we can help you with that because um, we we love you. We think you're amazing and uh, you're, you're a huge talent. So... Well, so, well, well, we've much. heard some great stories about everything that you've done from the beginning to now. Uh, do you have any good bar stories, any bar stories you'd like to share that are fun, funny, salacious, you name it, just something for our listeners to, uh, to laugh about as we leave? Um, I, I get this meet a lot of swingers. That's that's something that's fun. Huh. <laughs> I I got introduced to that to, in Pal at Prohibition. Not to put everybody there on the spot. Not everybody there is a swinger, but uh, <laughs> I noticed that when I worked in that area, there weren't a lot of people who looked like me, and so some people wanted to add my kind of spice to their life, um, which is it's flattering, <laughs> I guess. Um, but I, I, I got it a lot when I worked at these last two bars in Chicago because they're in hotel bars, you know. So people are going out and getting a room and they're coming upstairs. They're coming to see me. And then, you know, they'll give me a tip and then their card is part of that, you know. Oh. <laughs> so, so I'm like, oh, it makes me feel like I'm doing something right. When it comes to <laughs> I was like, oh, they like my haircut today. Awesome. They like your shirt. Uh, but it, it's just funny the amount of like hotel cards you can collect if you uh if you're into that um <laughs> that's yeah, awesome yes yeah, so that, that's the perk of working in a hotel or not the perk but that's the the stories that you can take away from there to each their own <laughs> it, it could be a perk if you take advantage of it i suppose <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just so funny. after a couple of weeks you're like oh hmm, hmm who's this <laughs> from 414 i'm like okay thank you <laughs> Awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> I feel like we could do a TV show about that. You need to. So do you have a journal? Do you keep a journal? I do. Okay, good. I have my personal one and I'm like, dear diary, today was a good day. <laughs> uh, I have my bar one. So uh, when we do a lot of dealer choices, when we're making up cocktails on the spot, um, that's really fun for me because it's a challenge of every, all of my experiences. I'm putting that together and making something great, but it's also very hard. Um, it can be. Because I'll have a guest that will sit down and I'm like, just make me up something. And I can do that. And then like, sometimes they're really specific on what they want, but they also want that way, like for five or six drinks. So you're like, I don't know what else I could do to make it so you haven't had the same stuff you had before. Um, but uh, 
the hardest part for me is when I'm working service. So when you're working service, you're making drinks for the entire uh, lounge or the restaurant, if you would. And so I have these tickets and it's just like a dealer's choice. And it's like vodka, uh, spicy and a rocks glass. And I'll make a drink and 45 minutes later, I'll get a ticket and it goes like same drink as before. And by that oh. time on a Friday or Saturday night, I have made like 80 cocktails prior to that. And I'm like, don't remember. I don't yeah. know. Yet. So sure. if you're ever in that position, a little cheat. And um, I'm sorry to say this to spoil any secrets. You can just play around with the same five cocktails for that night. That's what I do. I'm like, all right, today I'm going to do some sour twists and some black Manhattan twists. And they're all going to be the same. So no, no matter what the flavor profile is. If I forget the cocktail, I know it's going to be a twist off of this one cocktail. You know? That's a great idea. Yeah. And so it's it's uh, what I tell everybody, it's playing Mr. Potato Head, you know? Yeah. Just taking out that nose, replacing it with something else, and then it's a whole different cocktail. Yeah. So you, you know, some people will say that's cheating or that's lazy, but I'm telling you, when we have like 150 covers at night and that's all they want are DCs, you gotta <laughs> you got to be easy on yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. not cheating and that's not, that's, that's just not, being smart. Yeah. That's, that's being smart and efficient. And as a patron, we probably wouldn't notice the difference if yeah. you like. Let I, me I tell you, if you're sitting at my bar, you're having like six cocktails and I'm trying not to put the same Amaro in all your Amaro forward cocktails. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think by that sixth one, you probably wouldn't recognize that it might have been the same or very similar to that first one. Well, by the sixth one, I might not have. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, I enjoy what I do. I mean, anything in my life, even as a kid, I didn't say I wanted to be a bartender when I grew up, but I, I wanted to be creative. I wanted to meet people and I wanted to travel. So no matter what I'm doing in life, as long as I'm able to get those three, I'm happy. And I was able to get all of that and then some doing what I do. And that's being your bartender. Oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. Love that. You're so amazing. Nigel, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do our podcast. We really appreciate it. We miss you so much. And we definitely, definitely, definitely want to do a Nigel Van night in Columbus at the jury room. You just tell us when, whenever it yeah, works we'll for figure, you. We'll figure something we'll out. We'll figure it out. We'll fly you here um put you up and then we'll do uh i think that people really miss you here so we really fun to do that i would highly enjoy it and it's going to happen it's going to happen sooner than later as we said so thank you awesome. so much and absolutely all right well you stay safe do the same enjoy these drinks drink a little bit of water every once in a while everybody take care of your body you only have one until science you know evolves but uh Thank you for this opportunity. I miss and love all of you guys. So. Love you Thanks, too. Thanks, Nigel. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour and visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates, women and whiskey tastings, and other events and merchandise. Thanks to our producer, Greg Hansberry, and to the biographer for our original music. Please remember to drink responsibly, tip appropriately, and be cocktail curious. Cheers! This has been a Last Call Productions production.